Honestly Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, we are. Welcome back, Shelby. How's it going? Oh my goodness, it is going good. I feel like we were fed this week with celebrity drama, big world news, moments to discuss around the water cooler this week. So I'm excited to get into it. Oh my gosh, me too. Like fun stuff, not so fun stuff, but all very interesting. But before we get started, we have a review. One of our lovely fans left us one. Allie2409 says, Fun podcast. Matt and Shelby are great. So impressed they manage two episodes a week. Congrats <laughs> on 100 episodes. Oh, that's so sweet. And you know what? It is congrats to us for doing two a week. I feel like it takes a lot out of me, but but I'm willing to do it for the people. So For the people. For the yeah. fans. That's why we're yeah. here. We're doing it for you. Exactly. And um, for continual um, self-enjoyment and just praise for what we're doing and the, the difficult things we're doing. Like you can find us on social media at PS You're Wrong. We're on Twitter, on Instagram. I sometimes remember Facebook exists. So you can definitely find us there for more content and conversation and we're doing a mailbag episode so you can uh, send us questions on any of those platforms or you can send them to our email which is psurong at gmail.com also feel free to leave us a review celebrating our 100th episode (laughs) or now whatever this is like the 104th episode or i don't even know i'm bad at math but (laughs) you can do that at apple Podcasts, which is great because then that helps more people find us which is also great yes and i got a couple questions for the mailbag episode that i'm very excited about so (laughs) oh gosh wet the whistle there but um it's a it's a good time to be a fan of bs you're wrong (laughs) yes also also i feel like the word has has been spread but we can continue to spread that we did do an episode on cats yeah (laughs) it's just not in this feed it's in the swiftish podcast feed that is shelby's other podcast yeah matt's matt's excited that he saw cats twice and he really needs people to understand what he thought about it so you can go to my other podcast swiftish we're at swiftish pod 13 on twitter and at swiftish podcast on instagram or Swiftish, wherever you listen to podcasts. And our latest episode is still our Cats discussion. So easy to find, easy to enjoy. I saw Cats like the week it came out. <laughs> there was hardly anyone in the theater. It was a very weird experience. Then a couple weeks later, we recorded this podcast. This past weekend, <laughs> I wanted to go see a movie with my friend. And she was like throwing out suggestions for movies that I had already seen and I was kind of like I don't know if I want to go see those (laughs) so then I was like well what is new not much because she didn't want to go see Underwater with Kirsten Mm. Stewart Mm -hmm. so then I was like what would I be willing to watch again and the answer was Cats so I went and saw it a second time (laughs) and this time I saw it the whole audience was packed like it was a (laughs) packed theater everyone was clapping along people were like they were very into it. I feel like we're getting closer and closer to the point where Cats is the new like Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm. where it's like it's a call and response and people are dancing. It's truly ludicrous. I do think, though, 
that maybe it's a little bit better on the second watch just because <laughs> I knew what was going on, like plot yeah. wise. So I could at least like track what was happening a little bit. <laughs> Either way, it's a wild movie. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to watch parts of it again. I don't know if I could sit through all of it again because some of it was just like so boring. But when it's high, it's high, you know? <laughs> When you have a hundred of your closest friends, though, <laughs> watching it with you, even the boring parts are entertaining. Okay, okay. Maybe I'll give it a go. Um, but if you have anything further to talk about than just cats, I'm curious, Matt. Like, tell me something I don't know. Okay. A story I think everybody knows about at this point, but I felt like was necessary that we bring up on the podcast is the royal feud that is <laughs> no, going on right now. this is my news. You don't even care about the royals. Shelly, you <laughs> you were like, tell a news story. How were we not going to lead with this? You I know? know, I know you're right. Fine. OK, you tell it. I'll chime in when you inevitably get it wrong or something. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the the gist of the story is that Prince Harry of the royal family several years ago married Meghan Markle, who is an American television actress previously on Suits. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, there's been like drama within the royal family about this. And then also the British tabloids, which are notoriously harsh to people, have just been dogging them ever since, making them feel real miserable. There's been lots of stories about this. Also, obviously, Prince Harry's mother, Princess Diana, <laughs> died in a chase involving the paparazzi. So already a bad relationship there. Yeah. Things have been kind of dicey for the past several months people have been speculating on like uh, are they going to move what's going to happen they released a statement this week saying that they are stepping back from their royal duties in general from like the they'll still be doing some royal stuff but not as much as they are now and that they are planning on moving to north america although i do not believe that they have specified yet where in north america they're going whether it's like canada or probably the u.s or whatever yeah, but this is crazy because this hasn't happened in the <laughs> royal family recently of somebody, you know, just like being peace out. I'm done with this. <laughs> and well, at least that high up the chain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, what exactly are they going to do there? They said in their statement they're going to try to move towards financial independence because it is really interesting. Like Prince Harry has been living off the British government his whole life. Like, yes, he does charity stuff and, you know, some kind of worky type things, but like he's never actually had to support himself. So it'll be interesting to see like how this kind of works, what their plan is. I'm sure they have one, but like, are, how are they going to be making money? Probably with like appearance fees and consulting and stuff, but I don't really well, know. I mean, um, that's what's so delightful is like, well, first of all, I mean, Prince Harry is set for life because um, Princess Diana left him a ton of money and like he also has money from his dad and stuff so it's not like he's suddenly a pauper by any means and like but what's most interesting is just that they sprung this on everyone like no one knew it was happening the royal family came out with their own clipped statement that was like oh while well, we appreciate their like 
enthusiasm. This is still in the early stages of planning. There were news stories that the Queen called an emergency meeting between Charles and the two sons. And Meghan Markle was like, okay, yeah, you can handle that, but I'm going to go back to Canada. Like, I'm done with this. So it's been quite the scandal in the UK, especially where people are obviously very anti-Meghan Markle. There's all this like, oh, she's split up the family. Oh, she's poisoned Harry against his own brother. And it's, I mean, even like Madame Tussauds in the UK moved (laughs) the princess, well, the Harry and Meghan statues from away from the royal like room because they're like, oh, they're separated now. So fine, if that's the way they want it. love it which is delightful but yeah i mean you were are you like a you're not like a royal watcher so what were your first impressions when you heard the story yeah i mean i don't honestly don't care that much about the royals <laughs> i think they're sort of fun but i'm not like fully ingrained in them i like them all they all seem like nice people to me for the most part so i i feel bad for them that they're being hounded by the paparazzi and I guess the public so much because they both seem like lovely people to me. But I also, you know, think like, I don't know, I've watched The Crown and I <laughs> like the Queen. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, guys, like everybody get along. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's all these like there's been all these rumors that first Prince William like cheated on Kate Middleton and then allowed the UK press to instead focus on like the Megan Harry rumors and drama to avoid more nosiness about his life. And like the brothers have split their like charity and stuff and all this stuff that seems to imply that Harry and and William no longer are close. And so it's interesting that like I've been hearing all these stories kind of about the toxicity of this relationship and this family. And of course, like Megan's own family is just an insane mess of bad people. And so that they just finally found this like exit. They're just like, you know what? Peace out. I don't care about you. I don't need this. I'm just making this happen. Like we're gone. And if you like care enough about me to sort this out, we'll like work with you on it. But this is my message and I'm saying it now because I'm done like playing these, you know, backroom <laughs> games to try and deal with the situation. And the queen came out with a statement today that was very like, personal and like usually it's written by her staff or something but this was like oh my family and I and she's like we support Harry and Meghan full-heartedly and they'll of course remain a part of our family but like we we're like restructuring and we'll we hope to get this done quickly so all very interesting and Meghan Markle's already um announced that she'll be doing voiceover work for a Disney plus show so quickly back oh yeah i saw that (laughs) i mean honestly if they're looking for money in any way shape or form (laughs) she could go back and do like cameo acting gigs and stuff (laughs) and people would eat it up yeah very i doubt she wants to though i feel like she never liked acting it was just a means to an end and that end was was stealing the heart of a prince and bringing him down to commoner status Here's the thing, though. I mean, not to be overly cynical about this, but I feel like, sure, this all seems great to Prince Harry at the moment. It's stressful (laughs) having to deal with this. His wife wants to leave. He's, you know, they just had a kid, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I 
I'm going to speculate, though, that once they move and he sort of has a rude awakening of like, because even if you're annoyed with the way of life that you're living at the moment, like a big change like that, I think is very stressful. And he'll quickly realize a bunch of things that he did actually like about being the (laughs) prince that he's, Uh you know, not anymore and i could easily see this like he's torn from his support system or whatever they moved to canada and it like not going well them getting a divorce him moving (laughs) back to england becoming the prince again and her ending up back on tv so (laughs) when that happens just you heard it here first i just think he's been very vocal throughout his life even before megan that he has a hard time with the crown and with the publicness and he He's like spoken about the toxic relationship with the press and the paparazzi before. And there was a time in college where he had said, like, I almost threw in the towel. I wanted to walk away. So I don't think it's like I don't think it's fair to say it's like all about their marriage or their family or whatever. And I also feel like he just never thought there was a way out. And now he has seen the light. (laughs) But maybe that's the romantic in me coming through. Yeah, but like. You know how at least once a year some famous actor is like, I'm done acting, I'm retiring. <laughs> and then like a year later they show up in something and you're like, wait, what happened? Well, because they're definitely like, still going to be making appearances and, and living the royal life. I just... Yeah, but I just, I just wonder, like if you've only known one <laughs> type of thing for your entire life and then you kind of move and yes, sure, like maybe they've been planning it, but it feels like... It's a little bit on a whim. Maybe they don't have like great connection. I don't know. It, yeah. This feels dicey <laughs> to me and feels like it could easily lead to marital strife. Yeah, so maybe. that's all I'm saying. I know. I mean, who knows? But I feel like I want to know all the juicy details and I wish someone could tell it, write a tell all or or do a lifetime movie about it because I'm ready. Well, Shelby, you shouldn't have married Rob. You should have <laughs> held out for a royal. Yeah. And totally it could have worked but i mean until then i'm sure princess diaries 3 is getting some good ideas from this oh yeah and whatever the crown season that's coming up and and, oh my gosh yes no this will (laughs) fully be in pop culture within the next two years yeah okay moving on what story do you have then what's your b story since i stole your a story i know um well i guess it's sort of more disney announced um last year at their like I don't know, their Comic-Con or some big event. They had their whole lineup for the next phase of the MCU. And it was all like these bold, audacious, like new ideas. And one of the ones that people were most excited about was Doctor Strange. The sequel Into the Multiverse of Madness was um, touted to be like a full horror film. And everyone was so excited. They were ready for it. And it was announced this week that well, actually, what happened was a couple weeks ago, like before Christmas, Kevin Feig was like, oh, yeah, no, it's not going to be full horror. And everyone was like, oh, rats, like whatever. Like, I guess I get it. It's still like a family, kid friendly, adjacent, you know, Marvel world. But then it came out this week that the director was leaving the project because of 
creative differences. He no longer had the opportunity to tell the story he wanted to. And so he was bowing out. And so now everyone is freaking out, obsessed, upset at MCU and especially Kevin Feig. And then the Disney execs, whoever is making these sort of decisions that drove, you know, this um, creative director away from the project everyone was so stoked about because they're just watering it down to be more, I don't know, family friendly or just um, predictably successful. Like, it seems like now is the time for Marvel to strike out like creatively and to take risks and to try different things because they have such a huge audience that it's like, well, but one of their movies. Here's a question. (laughs) Yeah. I did not see the first Doctor Strange movie. Was it a horror movie in any way? Not at all. No, it was a very run-of-the-mill kind of dull Marvel introduction. It seems kind of stupid to me on their part then to be like, you know what, for the sequel to a movie that is already in a franchise that like children went to see, we're going (laughs) to go full horror. I mean, I love a horror movie. If Marvel wants to do a horror movie, I'm all there for it. But it does feel very strange that they would do that as like the direct sequel to a movie that is already out that wasn't that. Like if you right. want to give me like, you know, I don't know, Captain Baboon or whatever, you know, <laughs> just some random superhero and you're like, oh, this is a horror one and it's going to like tie in like, sure, great, love it. But to be like, ah, yes, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man Home at last is going to be a horror mi- film where people, you know, zombies are ripping people's heads off. It's like, well, that makes no sense <laughs> to the marketing strategy whatsoever. So well, I am not I mean, shocked that this took this turn. But the idea of Doctor Strange is that he can sort of jump through worlds and like blah, 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 time and all this. So there is like room to have a darker story there. And of course, it wasn't going to be like R rated horror. So it seems like sort of what they were going to do with the new mutants type thing. And well, so if it's not even an <laughs> R rated horror movie, then who wants it? You know, <laughs> like then that's for nobody. Well, everyone was very excited, but then um, there was this leak online of someone with insider knowledge who said like, Oh, it wasn't that Disney execs were trying to smother his creative details. It was more that he was coming up with excuses and refusing to make deadlines. He wanted to kill off Rachel McAdams character in a fridging horror movie, cold open type thing. And he was just like, Rachel McAdams is in Dr. Strange. <laughs> yes. She joins the ranks of overqualified actresses to play love interest to mediocre superheroes. She should hold out. She might get a sequel like Natalie Portman. I know. Yeah. Well, getting. it's too late now. She's, she's set up. And so, I mean, it's interesting. You can sort of see like, who knows what's going to play out. It was my least favorite Marvel movie, probably of recent years. Like I find Dr. Strange, a very dull character. So I was sort of interested to see how they would re repurpose his role, but it's just another uh, Disney choice. That's kind of leaving people wondering if they'll, if they're just going to play it safe from here on out. I think that, It's Disney, and especially (laughs) with anything that's going to be connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, they might make some interesting choices, but I don't think that they're going to make any, like, super crazy choices, like, we're going full horror, just because it's connected, and you know that there's all these kids, and that they're making all of this money off of... (laughs) you know, that market. So it just doesn't make sense for them to go in a completely different direction unless they want to do 
a random, you know, one-off spin-off kind of thing, which yeah, like that Morbius movie or whatever that's coming out, I feel like oh. isn't um, is not Disney, but it's like a Marvel movie that's like or Venom, like sort of like Venom, which <laughs> I guess also wasn't a Disney movie. But you know what I mean? Like Disney knows yeah. Disney has its they know where they're getting their money from and they're not going to like mess with that. If they're going to do something different, it's going to be sort of like a side project. And then if it does well, they might, you know, somehow merge it in or something. But yeah, I think that was wishful thinking on the part of whoever. (laughs) Then why announce it? You know, why plan that and then change your mind? I don't even remember it being announced. Oh, it was that their big, like, when they announced the Eternals and when they announced Nicole Kidman. I mean, Natalie Portman was coming back. and Oh, yes. I don't I remember do. what remember that was, Natalie but Portman some sort thing. of event. Yeah. Yeah, it was at that Disney, Disney, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, I can't like even remember. there. or something. Big whatever, <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of people who are coming back, it was announced this week, fresh off last week's Golden Globes, that the host for next year is going to be Tina Fey and Amy oh, Poehler, yes. who hosted three years in a row back, like, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. And I think we're sort of like, yeah, we're done. We're done. But <laughs> Golden Globes apparently can't figure out. And just in general, these award shows have six people that they're just rotating through. It's like Jimmy Fallon, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. We got, uh... Ricky Gervais in the mix. Where's Jimmy Kimmel? You know, it's like there are other funny people who I am assuming (laughs) like could do a decent job with this. Like, why has Kate McKinnon not hosted anything? Yeah. Or John Mulaney or um, Maya Rudolph. Come on. Will Ferrell. Has Tiffany Haddish hosted something? She hosted something. She's not. She's admitted she's not great because she's not a great reader. Yes. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I mean, are you excited? I feel like I wish it seems weird to announce it so early, but it also feels like course correcting after Amy Poehler's reaction to Ricky Gervais. Maybe she called and she was like, fine, you guys, as long as I never have to sit through that again, I'll host. (laughs) I mean, honestly, okay, I'm sure Amy Poehler is busy. Yes. But like, what is she actually doing these days? I don't know. And if she's going to be there anyways to do a bit, she might as well do a a little bit more than a bit, especially watching this year's awards where Ricky Gervais literally did a monologue and then nothing else. It's Amy Poehler's like, hey, if they're paying for that, like I can get up there, do a much funnier monologue and then, you know, do one dance number halfway through and call it a day. And if she's doing it with Tina Fey, then she only has to do half the work. So it's like done. Okay, enough about Amy Poehler. What do you have next to discuss? Anything? Yes, it's the world's end. I just think this spells doom for all of us. But Warner Brothers signed a deal from an AI-driven firm management system to help decision-making for greenlighting certain films. So basically, this artificial intelligence system assesses like different things like an actor's value or how much a film is expected to earn in theaters and helps Warner Brothers decide if they should green light stuff or if it's not worth the risk or whatever, which just feels like a goodbye to creativity and, you know, up and comers and and new challenges and different opportunities because an a robot will be like, this will not make money. You need to star Jennifer Lawrence or make Julia Roberts, Harriet Tubman. And that's, that's what we're going to get. 
I wish that Julia Roberts had gotten the chance to play Harriet Tubman. <laughs> She'd have been so good in that role. Um, I was very not concerned about this. And here is why. We both work in publishing or did work in mm-hmm, publishing. Mm-hmm. And a big part of publishing, is, which I'm assuming is the same for film and TV, is like profit and loss sheets where you're filling out like okay, how many copies can we sell? How much do different things cost? You know, it's like you're trying to figure (laughs) out the budget and you're predicting. So I'm sure that everything that this AI robot or whatever is doing is the same exact thing that they just had (laughs) some accountant doing up until this point. And then, you know, they can take or leave whether or not they should follow that advice. Mm-hmm. But I think that's basically what this robot is just doing. I mean, I don't think that we're all of a sudden going to get a bunch of like weird Mad Libby movies that are like, <laughs> well, the robot said that, you know, it had to be these people in a movie about this. And so, you know, no one wanted it. But here it is. I think it's yeah. just going to be like, instead of like, can we get Greg down in accounting to figure out how much money like Adam Sandler movies usually make? <laughs> They'll just be like, oh, type it into R2-D2 and he'll tell us. It could be, though. I mean, Warner Brothers is, uh, isn't is doing too great, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're looking for surefire hits on like the next Booksmart or... Um, you know who's already been using this probably is Netflix because some of their <laughs> stuff does feel like yeah. like it was like put random yes. actor in random movie like whatever that triple frontier is like you cannot tell oh, me yeah. that that was not a movie that was fully designed by a robot. <laughs> They're like yeah. Ben Affleck and Charlie Hunnam in a <laughs> movie with guns called uh, Triple uh, Second Word Frontier. It's like okay, nailed it. Or that weird movie that came out. I don't that I did not watch. Maybe you watched like Tall Girl or whatever it was that was out oh, this fall. Yeah. Did you see that? I didn't see it because the trailer. She's like, I'm five eleven, and I was like, okay, like come on. She's taller than five eleven. <laughs> that girl yeah, was huge. I, I think she was only like six one though. Like I feel like it wasn't a ridiculous. Like it's not like oh wow, look at that seven foot girl. You know. She but... looked tall though. <laughs> Yeah, she there's a lot of Netflix choices that are a little questionable, but but also like all the Jonas Brothers are five, you know, two or whatever. So <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. it's hard to tell heights. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, you made me watch the Beach Bum, which you were like, "Oh, Zac Efron's in it," and they made Zac Efron look as tall as Matthew McConaughey in certain points, and I was like, "Okay, like who's standing on a box here?" You know, like this is ridiculous. Everyone knows that. They're not anywhere close to the same size. Yeah, because Zach Efron's a little shorty. You can tell who's short and who's not because of yeah. who's muscular. If you're a muscular person, you're <laughs> shorter. That's just how it works. What about Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, but he's like, he has a different kind of muscly look. You know what I mean? Like, he still kind of looks about a little Wolverine? lean. Wolverine? What about Dwayne Johnson? How tall is Dwayne Johnson? I mean, he's pretty tall. I bet he... I don't I mean he's he's also like a bodybuilder so that and he's like on steroids (laughs) but you know like in general I feel like shorter people are more muscly you can get bigger like bodybuilders are usually short that's a thing look it up okay I see yeah no that's that's very provocative thought but um should we move into the love it or hate it yeah I'd like to go first in this round please oh okay okay so (laughs) Shelby conned me into watching the first episode of The Bachelor last week. 
And <laughs> yes. I need to discuss this because one, yes. no one told me that the premiere is three hours long. Oh, I know. It was so freaking long. And also there's 900 contestants. They all look exactly <laughs> like I could not tell you one of their names after watching three hours of television. <sighs> I don't know if this is how it always is, but there was. There were so many girls and they all came in and it was like a whirlwind. They all have the exact same haircut. They all have names like Mackenzie. And then they did the rose ceremony, which I guess is like how they cut people. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out how many people got cut, who got cut. It was like (laughs) I had no I had no bearing of like what the group of girls was before and what the group of girls was after like it was insane to me no that would be quite the culture shock i mean it's changed variously throughout the years but i think now the system is 35 girls come the first night what? and then he has to cut 10 <laughs> by the end of the evening yeah oh my gosh there was a yeah. there was and a segment it, though then it goes that i thought was funny where one girl came in and because the bachelor's like a pilot and so they're really mm-hmm. dedicated to the theme in this season like yeah. everything they can <laughs> they possibly do theme. is like an airplane or whatever yeah. and so of course some <laughs> girl gets out of the limousine and is like hi i'm a flight attendant like <laughs> and then they go to a confessional where she's like i'm a flight attendant i think that gives me a leg up on the competition and then we see like literally five more girls who are all flight attendants get out of the car and do it's weird amazing. gimmicky things where they're like, you know, speaking into the thing or talking about the seatbelts coming down yeah. or whatever. So that was funny. But then uh, could That's I pick out who was a flight attendant out of the group? No, I could not. They, they didn't even bother to like give us people like they're all wearing the same type of thing. Like somebody, <laughs> it's like somebody have like a hat or like a short haircut or or like a nose ring or something that's distinguishing. Because this is, I yeah. could not tell anyone apart. I know it's a, it's a, it's part of the joy though. It's just like such a crazy thing to witness is all these victorias and hannahs who are just pouring out and they're like all under the age of twenty five. And they're all with like long hair extensions and fake eyelashes. And they're all just like immediately in love with this guy. And it's just mesmerizing to watch them all trip over each other to try and like win this dude. But really, they're there to win Instagram followers. And and like, it's just I just love it. I'm so glad you watched it. You enjoyed it. I know you did. I like in some ways I did. (laughs) But then I don't know. I was just I couldn't tell anyone apart and so i feel like it really robbed me of a lot because like some girl came in and brought a cow and like somebody you know like they were doing interesting things but then i couldn't none of it i couldn't be like later on in the episode when they're all like we're going to flight school or whatever there was like one of them who got really sick on a flight simulator was like throwing (laughs) up in the bathroom but i couldn't tell you what that person had done previously in the episode to like put anything together so it's like and also when (laughs) i watched this week's episode i will also not be able to tell you which one of them was the one that puked on the flight simulator like i know that somebody in the group did but unless we get unless we get some like flashback (laughs) sequences and then also the whole so i guess this bachelor had been in a previous season of the bachelorette and then she keeps like showing up 
And I was like, yeah. okay, like this is interesting, whatever. I don't know anything about the two of them. And then she gets to the point where she's like crying about how maybe she should have chosen yeah. him for the last season. I'm like, well, where's the guy you did choose in the last season? Like, what's he up to at this point? <laughs> On last season, she ended up picking this douche no one liked who was clearly there for his music career as a dog food jingle writer, Jed. And halfway through the like airing of the season, she dumps him. So by the time the like after the rose, they always do this <laughs> after the rose, like everyone comes back together after everything's aired and they talk about their feelings. And she dumps Jed, her fiance, ends up asking out the hot runner up Tyler on national television. He's like very nice about it, but it obviously fizzles immediately because he was dating Gigi Hadid at the time. So like you can't really <laughs> go back to Bachelor from there. But so now she's back asking, um, you know, Pilot Pete for another chance. And so it's all just very messy and sad. And you can see the producers are clearly manipulating her and him. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And it's all just fun to watch, but I'm sure miserable to go through. Yeah, I was also very confused because at the beginning of the episode, it's like it's nighttime. It's clearly (laughs) dark. He is like outside of the house. All of these girls are coming up like one by one in these limousines that he's going through. Then he goes inside the house. He's like chatting up. We're getting montage of all these different people that he's talking to. He's talking to Mm -hmm. some of them more than one. Some of them are crying, whatever. And then finally, like, we get to this rose ceremony that's still supposedly the same night. And you look out the back windows and, like, the sun is coming up. And I'm like, how are any of these people still, like, awake and standing and looking like human beings? If I stay up that late, I am, like, dead. And yet, I mean, I guess I'd have adrenaline if I was on national TV. (laughs) But even still, like... It was insane that they had these people up all night long. No wonder they were crying. Yeah, it was a, it was much like it's never been that bright before. Like it was basically full noon by the time these girls were leaving. So I don't know why this year took so long. But yeah, it's definitely gotten longer and longer and more arduous because it used to be like only 25 girls on night one. But now they've upped it to like 35 for some reason. Well, and then they tried to like dupe us with this bit of, oh, it's the next day and it's a date. I was like, <laughs> it is not the next day. There is not yeah. a way in the world that this is the next day because that was the same day that that <laughs> ended. And all of these people look well rested. And also, like, you know, the producers aren't like, and we got to get to the <laughs> flight simulator. Like, no, this yeah. is like three days later. Oh, man, you've just begun such a wild journey. I just I hope you stick with it. It's really powerful stuff. Well, you said, oh, we're going to do an episode on the finale. So I was like, okay, (laughs) well, I guess I'm stuck watching this drivel. I mean, maybe I'll like it more once I have some bearing of who is who. But then also the girl from last year might be coming back. Like, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, she obviously isn't because it was filmed at the same time as Dancing with the Stars. So she's literally like, she's in the middle of Dancing with the Stars during Yeah, but I know that night. with Bachelor, like, these people show up at different <laughs> points. Like, I know that's a thing. So she might not be coming back now, but, like, six episodes from now, she could show back up at yeah, the house and be like, I've changed my mind! <laughs> that would be amazing, but that's the fun of watching. And you'll definitely get, like, a better sense of the girls as it goes on. Like, they, they weed them out really fast. Like, it's like, 
it'll probably be like five girls gone tonight and it just like gets down to like the final 10 within a couple of weeks. Good, because so. they need to trim the yeah. fat. Also, he was taking s- some random girl to his parents' like vow <laughs> renewal as the first date. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And then they're like, ah, famous band something something will be performing. <laughs> I was like, no one's ever heard of this people, this band. Like, Yeah. What you're learning right now are all jokes that have just become a treasured part of the show for years now. So... I mean, it's exciting to watch you realize it all. I will just say, like, Survivor <laughs> is so much better than this. It's, like, laughable. But I don't okay. know. We'll have to see how that goes. But I have a love it, too. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what is it? I, I didn't have a love it. Mine no, was, a, yeah, like, was a mixed a love bag. It. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Whatever. Um, I went and saw the first movie of 2020, Underwater. Which the trailers made it look really, you know, it's a monster flick that takes place underwater. It looked like it was a movie that was written by you and directed (laughs) by you. Like, I could not have picked a more Shelby Boyer endorsed movie than Underwater. The fact you like it is is the least surprising thing that's ever happened. I was like, well, maybe it's bad. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's so bad it's good. I mean, last year, this time last year, we were watching freaking Serenity and like, glass and like some truly bad movies but those aren't shelby boyer movies (laughs) this was can i finish my thought okay so this is the point is that underwater actually is a pretty like okay film critically like i think it's at like 51 percent on rotten tomatoes which is not as bad as shall we remember serenity i mean yes but it's also terrible 51 is like that's a low bar terrible you cannot okay matt isn't 51 rotten not call 51 terrible like look at all the bottom 10 films on your 2019 list and tell me like what their Rotten Tomatoes score is. But the point is I was pleasantly surprised to get on Twitter and see people who were like, wow, this wasn't that bad of a January movie. And admittedly the bar is very low, but, and I don't know why you're coming at me for this movie because frankly it hit all the marks it needed to. It's a monster flick that takes place underwater there's, you know, Kristen Stewart flexing her sort of serious, sort of campy acting muscle. There's, um, I don't, I don't know how to explain it now. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, it wasn't just me. That's my, that's my main takeaway is like, I know you're already against this somehow, but it was no, I'm excited like to see underwater. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm excited too. But what I'm just saying is you were like, and I thought it was going to be bad. And then it was good. And it was like, <laughs> no, from the moment that trailer dropped, I was like, this is a movie Shelby will go see. And she'll I like, would, you yes. like that movie from this summer with that alligator in the house. You no, love like a weird creature loose in the water. I do, but remember, I hated Crawl. Like, I was disappointed by Crawl. Like, you understand? Like, the. I the thought you loved Crawl. That, no, no, no. We can go back, and it was definitely a hate it. It was 100% a hate it. I'm doing my 2019 list, and it's very low. So, I. I have a place in my heart for monster movies, but it doesn't mean every monster makes it there. You know what I mean? Or whatever that movie was that, um,. Where like somebody was in a shark tank I, or shark oh, yeah. cage, I feel like you like yeah. that one. Well, that was with just the hilarious. one. W- yeah. What what was the one with the girl stuck on the buoy? I think you liked that oh, yeah, one, that didn't was, you? That was see, yeah, that was good. 
But see, that's a that's a two for two out of four. Girl, there. water, creature, <laughs> Shelby, there. Anyways, the point is, it was actually very entertaining. I thought for what it was, it was surprisingly well done because I was expecting like, yeah, something more like crawl where it's kind of like cheesy and over the top and campy. This one tried to play it a little more serious than maybe it deserved to, but it was like very good. And I'm excited for you to watch it because I think, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like you're making me spin out in sort of an existential crisis right now, but it was a no, good No, don't movie. spin out, Shabu. We all like <laughs> different types of movies, you know? I yeah. went and saw the weird friggin' black christmas over halloween (laughs) or over christmas because that's the type of movie i love a schlocky cheap slasher with nobody remotely famous in it um this though is further proof to me that you should go see charlie's angels which is (laughs) vastly underrated and also stars Kristen stewart yeah, we'll see about that. But what will be exciting and this is to see, whoa, I don't know what I just said. What will be exciting <laughs> is to see um, what gets nominated for Oscars and just what the taste of the Academy is, because I have a feeling that we are not going to be um, happy with it. But who knows? I mean, I I so far am excited, uh, looking forward to these nominations. I feel like the <laughs> movies I like are in the are in the spotlight. So I'll be, I'll be excited to see what gets nominated, but that episode will be coming to you on Thursday. Thank you for listening. Follow us on social media. Leave us a review. See you guys later. Bye.